known worldwide. Big dog. Ball talk. <laughs> oh, oh. oh, like a coyote. Nice. Yeah, that's, uh, we're going back to our roots here. We're going back to our roots. That's why we are having uh, the 2023-2024 Big Dog. Who's the Big Dog special? Uh, you know, we've done this segment before uh, to, to much fanfare, and uh, we're, we're taking this to the next level. We're just going to make this whole uh, whole show dedicated to finding out who's the big dog in each team, who's the, the dominant, who's the alpha, uh, and, and of course, uh, you know, who, who, who's the, uh, what's the word, Jordan, uh, that I'm looking for uh, in, in the BDSM yeah. community? I know oh, you're, the you're an active member. Yeah, no, or no, the, what's the, the, the submissive? Is that what oh, you're looking for? Oh, the man? dom? The dom? No. Mm-hmm. First yeah. of all, the we, we can get into yeah 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 i mean if i'm a bottom i'm a power bottom you might not know what that means that, but uh anyway no, um we can get into at some point who's the big dog on this show i think it should be mm-hmm. very clear mm-hmm. to everyone i don't think we really have to get into it but uh, i agree yeah yeah you should good i'm glad you understand uh how this all th- kind of works but yeah exactly. no, this yeah, is no good. problem man it would, it would <laughs> it, it's very clear to me though yes. what it is yes well uh but no this is good i think this is an important thing that we sort of have to look at each year figure out who uh you know yeah who's who's on top who's on top of the heap uh who mm-hmm. calls the shots uh because it's not always clear um so no, yeah i'm ready no. and i think some of these teams you know us talking about it maybe this could help them out figure it out themselves because some of these teams really don't know which direction they're going who's going to yeah. take the reins who's leading the pack and uh jordan we might as well just go and hit close to home on this one right away get it off uh, our backs here who's the big dog of the Toronto Raptors, who's leading the pack of raps? It's a, uh, a you know two man race here between the old head Pascal Siakam and uh, good old Scotty Barnes uh, beating the acoustic rumors. Uh, you know they, these two <laughs> have uh, have both had streaky starts to the season. Scotty obviously in the beginning of the year coming on strong, uh, looking like uh, he was being handed the keys by uh, by Coach Darko. Uh, but lately his uh, his production's dipped a little bit. While Pascal Siakam has uh, started to kind of round back into that All NBA form that we kind of hoped we would be able to see. And uh, you know it's it's interesting to to note that you know neither one of these guys has really played well at the same time. Uh, so it's, it's kind of, uh, you know, brought a lot of questions, uh, obviously on the podcast here, you know, even, uh, you know, last season we've talked about how potentially these two are not a good fit next to each other on the basketball court. Uh, so not only is this, uh, you know, trying to figure out who the big dog is, uh, is important culturally, but I mean, Jordan, uh, trying to figure out who the big dog is, uh, for this team could, you know, have huge ramifications, uh, towards the future of what this, uh, this team's identity as well as what the team's roster looks like. Uh, so Jordan, I'm going to put you on the spot here. First one, who's the big dog, Siakam or Barnes? Oh, I, I wish there was an easy answer, honestly, because I think, uh, as you pointed out, some nights it feels like it's uh, Scotty. Sometimes it feels like it's Pascal. There's obviously, yeah, you know, the generational difference here. Uh, you've got the the guy who will be at the Scotty Barnes will be the big dog at some point, whether that's sooner or later. Uh, that's very mm-hmm. clear as long as he stays on the Raptors. Um, and so, as it stands right now. I, I think Pascal has kind of taken the reins of being the big dog, but I think that that's not good. I don't, I actually don't think that's a good thing. I think it needs to go mm-hmm. back. I kind of liked the the way the Raptors were playing, uh, you know, earlier on in the season when Scotty had higher usage. Yes. It wasn't good that Pascal wasn't, uh, you know, playing well at the same time as we pointed out. And ho- hopefully there's still, they, they are as, as a duo are still able to figure out how to play well together. But if they can't do that, I think the team is in better hands when Scotty Barnes is the one who has the keys, who has the uh, clear 
mandate to go out and, and lead this team, even though he's, he's much younger, way less experienced. Uh, I just think with, with Pascal's already showing this year that, and a little bit last year too, to be honest, uh, that he's, he's not as consistent uh, as, as we would like in terms of, you mm-hmm. know, the production that he brings and the fact that he might be out the door at any point. I mean, this, this feels like a, uh, still up in the air situation, uh, which is with, with his contract and whether, whether or not he's going to be a Raptor for that much longer. So uh, at least with Scotty, you've got that kind of stability, at least for the next little while. So I think right now the big dog's Pascal, but that's a problem. I think uh, mm-hmm. Scotty's got to growl at him a little bit, get, uh, you know, assert his dominance, take that uh, uh, title back. And mm-hmm. I think the Raptors will be better, better for it if that happens. And I think that's kind of the problem right now. Uh, I agree that currently, right now, as it sits, Pascal is probably the big dog on this team. But I don't think that means that he is even the you know the the best player on the team uh, potentially uh, overall skill set wise. Uh, I don't think that that means that uh, you know like like while Scotty's in this conversation, like the the big thing for me is he is not aggressive enough. He's not a vocal leader enough. Like he's way too immature to be that big dog. So they're kind of in a a pickle right now because if you get rid of Siakam, then a shit will just go south so quickly. And that might not necessarily be a bad thing, but I don't know. Just so far, Scotty just seems like he kind of has a, a, a cool dude in a loose mood 24-7. He doesn't really give a shit. Like, you know, he's easy out there. to Like, he plays hard in the court. I'm not uh, saying he doesn't try, but yeah. I, I definitely don't think that he's got that, uh, you know, that Mamba mentality quite yet. I don't think he really cares as much yet. I think that uh, – uh, his his career so far has been a lot of gravy and uh, you know not not enough of those uh, those uh, Swanson uh, Swanson family dinners. So I'm <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I'm interested to see you know how a Scotty Barnes reacts to uh, a Pascal Siakam trade. You know potentially having to yep. push him into the limelight and force him because that's really you know the the pressure is going to make the diamond uh, over there in Toronto and uh, that, that yep. that's really what's gonna, we're going to be the litmus test for us. Uh, but yeah, as it stands right now, Siakam I think is is clearly the big dog. I think beginning of the season obviously there was some rust maybe for him to shake off he just wasn't uh, you know super uh, acclimatized to the new game plan new coaching staff and everything uh, and now he's kind of emerged as that top guy but but like you said I think it's kind of a little bit weird that you know while Siakam's taken over the game plan itself has changed uh you know the, the ball movements down a lot more we're kind of seeing uh, more of that Nick Nurse looking uh Raptor squad uh, that that you know uh, as much as they did decently in the, his tenure, other than that 2019 run, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know this uh, this is not a, 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 a game plan that has yielded a lot of positive results for the Raptors. Uh, so I'm I'm a little weary about that as well because I and not to totally get the subject gone, but I mean Darko, you got to cement that you are the you know the old man, the you know, the old dog at the the clubhouse, the one that everyone respects. You know you you, yes. keep, you keep the guard <laughs> around it. You know you. You don't bug it too much because you know it still could snap at you. Because a lot of like I, a lot of in those movies, a lot of those old uh, old dogs have Eastern European type mm-hmm. uh, or like Slavic accents. It would work perfectly. For sure. Oh, it's Grandpapa. Oh, don't touch him. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a uh, th- th- that's exactly kind of how it is. And and yeah, I think that at the end of the day, none of no 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 one in that locker room really knows what is going on. There's so much of a feeling out process still to go through. But uh, I, I think that if they want to kind of take this next step, because right now they're in no man's land, sitting around that play and mix 500, eight and eight record. Uh, they, they need to, you know, really take a stance here. Are they going rebuilding? Are they trying to compete? Uh, just, just figure out some kind of culture there. And, and I really do think it starts from, uh, you know, your, your, the, your top player, uh, how they're going to perform and, uh, you know, how that's going to influence everybody else. Cause again, 
two very very different uh, playing styles from both those guys. And uh, you know yep. the the way that you want this team to look and play is definitely going to be dictated by uh, whoever's going to have the ball in their hands the most that time. Yeah, and I think it's very clear who should have the ball in their hands. I mean, Pascal Siakam's averaging one more point a game. This is kind of like the uh, Chet and Wemby discussion that we t- talked about uh, one of our more recent episodes. They've got similar kind of overall stats, but one guy is just so much more efficient. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, Scotty, 9.1 rebounds to Pascal's 6.8. Scotty's averaging more assists per game, slightly, but more assists per game. Way more stocks. Uh, you know, and, and, and just a, a point less. And when it comes to the shooting, uh, you know, it's, it, it's not even close when we're looking at three point shooting, uh, you know, overall field goal percentage, Scotty still has the edge, but Pascal mm-hmm. still shooting 22% from three. That's honestly you want to th- like a reason why the Raptors are eight and nine or whatever they are and not, uh, you know, closer up in that playoff mix. It might just be Pascal's shooting. Like that is just something yeah, that yeah. has fallen so far off a cliff that it's, screwing up the spacing um of this entire what everything this team's trying to do um and and so and and that's a huge problem and the fact that scotty now in his third year has been able to get at a get as efficient as he's been it's just so clear that the ball needs to be in his hands and honestly i think a reason why pascal has been playing kind of shitty this year you know he's, he's picked it up more more recently as, as we've said he's he's had some good scoring games but he still hasn't looked fully like himself he hasn't looked comfortable out there mm-hmm. really and i think that's because even in his mind he's like how long am i going to be here am i going to be traded uh you know midway through december uh or you know am i going to be traded at the deadline what, what what's going to happen uh and i think that's kind of fucking with him so you know one way or, or another i think masai's got a signal to him uh whether you know if, if he does want to keep him around he may well be still feeling it out. That's uh, you know, this whole ch- seeing if the team sinks or swim is a very sinks or swims is a very Maasai type of thing to do. But mm-hmm. he, he better figure it out, figure out what he wants to do soon, because um, I think it's it's kind of the indecision is influencing what's happening on the court. And if if you're not prepared to re up Pascal, if you're not prepared to offer him that 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 you know new contract. For for the love of God, you can't make the mistake again of letting another guy just walk. Trade him, yeah. get some younger pieces around Scotty Barnes, uh, and then you can also see if a Scotty Barnes OG like OG has, is is having a great year uh, yet again. He's off to a you know a really good start. Uh, he's he's shooting the ball really well uh, again, over forty percent from three on the most attempts on the team. Like he's been so efficient and and one of the best defenders in the league, like he usually is. I think right now with this whole Pascal situation up in the air, you're kind of uh, messing with this Scotty OG duo that could be a little bit in- interesting as well. They, they've they've looked well on the court, uh, you know, when they when they've played together, um, and they're a lot closer in age. Uh, so you know, there's there's a lot that needs to be figured out. But yeah, I don't think you know Pascal being the big dog right now. He was the big dog the last few years with the Raptors. That was okay. Uh, you know, the the season before last. That was a that was a fun season. Raptors made the playoffs. You mm. had Fred Van Vliet there as well. Whatever. I think the days are gone, uh, and you've got to decide whether you want him on your team at all, uh, and 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 what that's going to look like. But uh, I think Scotty for sure has got to be the big dog, sooner rather than later. Please. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll, we'll see what the the Raptors end up shaking out here. But uh, it's looking like we're leaning towards uh, it should be Scotty, but currently is yeah. Pascal. But uh, we'll, we'll see how the Raptors shake out. But. Uh, 
to move on, let's take a, a trip over to the West Coast before eventually coming back to the Eastern Conference. But uh, we're, okay, we're going to kick it off here with uh, a team that we've, we've had a lot of fun talking about, a team full of plenty of personalities and all-star talents, uh, generational talents, really. Uh, and that's the Los Angeles Clippers. And uh, this is an open-ended one because there's multiple guys that you could uh, you know throw out there uh, with the Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, all guys with uh, a Zubac. lot of all-NBA accolades. Yeah, hey, hey, fuck it. Yeah, but <laughs> Multiple-time Big Dog of the Month winner, I think, Zubats. Uh, yep, so, you know, he'll, he'll be up there. Uh, we're going to have to get one of those out there soon. Be Everyone be on the lookout for that Big Dog of the Month coming up uh, month of November. Uh, yep. But, uh, Jordan, as far as it goes for the Los Angeles Clippers, who's the Big Dog? It's not Bones Highland, unfortunately, for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll mm-hmm. see how long he's... Uh, I think we were ahead of that. We still... should have uh, we shouldn't have taken back what we said uh, yes. about his, his name. We should have just uh, stuck by it. You're, you're right. You're right. And you know, yeah, th- this one, this, this one is a hard call as well, because you've got like, you know, by all accounts, it obviously should be Kawhi Leonard. He's the guy's got two finals mm-hmm. MVPs. Uh, one of the best playoff performers, uh, at least if you're looking at 2019 that, that we've seen in quite mm-hmm. some time. DPOY. Uh, DPOY. Uh, and he's, First of all, not off to the greatest start this year. He hasn't been playing no. great basketball. He's had nope. some some stretches where he's looked like his old self, but he hasn't looked good. But that aside, he's just never been a vocal guy at all. He's never been looks looked looked at as someone who is the leader. He was not the even on the in the 29 uh, 2019 championship run. I wouldn't say that Kawhi was the big dog. Like in some some sense, he was uh, in terms of you know he w- w- when you needed a big shot, you know down the stretch of any close game, it was obviously going to Kawhi. Uh, he hit mm-hmm. the you know the, the the biggest shot in in Raptors, if not NBA history, uh, and it had so many of those great performances. But in terms of the leadership, the heart and soul of the team, it was Kyle Lowry, and that was pretty mm-hmm. clear. Um, and so you know there, there's more to to being a big dog than just being the the best performer, the best player. Um, you know, and, 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 and so w- with Kawhi, especially with this dip in production, I don't really think it's him. And I don't think he's, you know, really done a good job of galvanizing any of his teammates this whole time being on the Clippers. They've always, it's mm-hmm. always felt like they've kind of lacked a little bit of something in that sense. And I think it's because Kawhi just doesn't really say anything. He just goes out there and, and quote unquote leads by example. Um, that, that doesn't always work. You know, the, 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 the Tim Duncan uh, slash Steph Curry way of doing that. I think those guys actually don't get enough credit for their leadership capabilities. Yes, they're not the yeah. most vocal guys, but they do actually, you know, you they, they are supportive of teammates and they go and, and they do speak and they do, uh, you know, do more than just, uh, yeah, quote unquote, lead by example. Whereas Kawhi, I don't really see him doing almost anything extra. Yeah, you got pumped when James Harden hit that uh, yeah, uh, and yeah. one uh three to win that game. I forget who, who it was against, you know, whether that was last week or whatever, but outside of those little things, Kawhi just doesn't do it. So I don't think it's Kawhi. I don't think people respect Russ enough, uh, even though he clearly was the big dog, you know, after, after KD left on, on, on that thunder team. Um, so hey, I, he's, I, the, he's, he's got to be up there as a, as a big dog. He was the, the one that uh, was the adult in the room and said, you know what, guys, I'll go to the bench. And he's been <laughs> dog shit off the bench again, but uh, they've been winning. So You're it's right. uh, you know hard, hard to say. Is he like the, the not the big dog, but the sacrificial lamb? I don't know. Uh, maybe the, the second coming of Christ, Russell Westbrook. <laughs> yes, yes. Or is he the Sigma? Uh, I don't know. I, you know, I'm not we're down with the ling, ling, lingo. I'm not sure. But um, I, I, I think, the, yeah, the, <laughs> the Sigma Ligma pie. Um you know, I think it's got to be Paul George, even though 
Paul George doesn't really have that big dog type of personality either. I, I think mm-hmm. he at least, you know, says the right things and, and, and has been their best player this year by a mile. Oh, yeah, uh, and easily. I think he's, and I think he's kind of embraced being more of a leader as time has gone on, even though, again, mm-hmm. I don't think that comes supernaturally to him. So long winded way of saying, you know, there's not really a good answer on this Clippers team. I don't think it's that obvious. Um, you could make, I, I could see someone trying to make an argument for James Harden. I don't know how, but I think just with, with how well he's been playing and, and, and actually going out there and leading and, you know, the way he distributes the ball, even gets everyone involved. Uh, I, I, it's going to be uh, Paul George for me, uh, even though he's, you know, he's not that big of a big dog. Uh, if you know yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, and I, I agree, you know, he's been their best player uh, the, by far this season, uh, you know, uh, putting up amazing averages, like 25, six and six with, uh, you know, like, two stocks or something uh you yep. know like, like mv literally the mvp numbers if the this team can get into like the the you know the upper echelon of the western conference uh you know mm-hmm. I, I would put a, get put together that case for uh, for pg-13 but yep. uh kind of similar to Kawhi. like Kawhi, there's no chance he's definitely not the big dog on this team uh you know uh, like you said like not playing well not really caring like he's kind of just, yep. just walking through like i think this is what we're seeing as like this is Kawhi load managing uh while playing like yes, he's just yes. Like he's just kind of like playing like it's a preseason. Yeah, like yeah. He, he's gonna take t- plays off because he's like, oh, my knee hurts. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, that that's fine. Westbrook, like I said, uh, you know, he he's his own brand, uh, you know, here. But same thing, Paul George. I don't really think is like the leader on this team. I genuinely think that James Harden is the big dog of the Los Angeles Clippers because since he's come there, he has done whatever he wanted. They've changed their right, game that's plan true. for him. That's true. He has he has come in there and just right away, you know, uh, undone his pants, let it hang out, and said, "This is my <laughs> this is my yard." Uh, you know, pissed on the floor. This is his yard. He's the big dog, and, yeah. and that's what I think. Like like not that he's been playing sensationally. Like he's not shooting the ball at a great percentage. Uh, you know, only averaging no. about fourteen points over the last. Uh, you know, is really just his Clippers tenure. Uh, you know, still still facilitating very well. Uh, but but by far, you know, he's he's probably around the the same production level as Kawhi. Uh, if you want to kind of split hairs here, um, but you know, when it comes to just being that enigma on the court or being that uh, that person that people look to uh, to kind of a yeah, shape yeah. your idea of what this team looks like. I think that the beard is that guy. I think that he is going to, you know, and that's a horrible thing. Like for the record, I don't support yeah, I this. Say. James Harden should not be the big dog. Uh, yeah, you're because, in trouble. Well, we've, we've seen this, this happen before, and we've talked about this even before the trade happened to the Clippers. Like James yeah. Harden will ruin you if you give him the keys to the city. He'll break the, your the heart. City. Yes, hundred percent. Uh, and, and you know, as things have started to kind of get better after that rocky start since he got there, like it's, I still really think that this team kind of needs to look at it and is like, was this a mistake to you know get this guy? Like, who knows? Maybe uh, they'll figure it out, and him being that big dog, to, you know, will put them over the edge. But I don't know. I just could see this once it gets to the postseason and Kawhi really starts to care and, you know, Westbrook maybe, uh, you know, decides he doesn't want to come off the bench anymore. Like yeah. there's a, there's so many different, uh, you know, variables that at play right now, but with, with the Clippers. And I, I think I'll, at, at the end of the day, everything in that clubhouse is going to roll through James Harden. And that's a pretty scary thing to think about. Yeah. I mean, you might be right. I mean, yeah, I, I think it's, you know, it's, it's early. So yeah, we don't know what type of influence he has, but like, it's just so funny. Those, those three uh, guys uh, out of, you know, Oklahoma city, uh, Russ, uh, KD and, and James Harden all obviously go on to win MVPs. It's very clear from the beginning who the best of the three is, uh, is, mm-hmm. you know, KD and he leaves and he's, you know, called a snake and everything and whatever. 
Katie is by far like the most professional of those three guys, you know, since then. And I don't think that would have been if you discount Twitter. Sure. Yeah, true. Yeah, that's true. No, his burners don't count. Okay. But uh, like just just in terms of, uh, you know, what he brings to a team like he's super malleable, like when he went to uh, yeah, Golden State, he didn't try and change any way that they played. He just kind of fit yeah. in. He enhanced what they did on the court. Uh, and, and they won two championships. When he went to Brooklyn, obviously everything was kind of built around him. But everywhere he's went, uh, it's it's been very easy to to implement KD into a system. He just, he's, he's one of the most malleable uh, stars we've ever seen because of, uh, you know, the, the, the way he can score in so many different ways. Whereas James Harden and Russell Westbrook might be the most unmalleable players I've mm-hmm. ever seen with, with the type of resumes that they have. They change everything James about Harden. a place He's, when they go there. He is the James system. Harden, he, he, he just becomes – you 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 can't compromise with the guy. He plays the way he mm-hmm. wants to play. If he's going to play hard, he's going to play hard. In in Oklahoma City, when, Russ, when Russell Westbrook was still there, after Kevin Durant left, it literally was like, you know, uh, he, he ran the, the, the building. Like everything around – like a, anything he wanted, uh, it, it was done, uh, you know, the Russ way. Everything, you know, was – you know, the, all, the, all the clocks were set to, you know, his wristwatch – uh, mm-hmm. and, and that's just the way they've both tried to, you know, and handle things since then. Russ obviously has production has fallen off a cliff, uh, and no one kind of respects him in that way anymore. And it's been kind of awkward the last few years as a guy who used to have so much power. Uh, but, but yeah, we'll see if James Harden, as, as you say, comes over and just sort of takes over the system. Once again, we'll see if, if Ty Lue kind of lets him run the show, lets him call the shots. Um, but as you said at the end, that's, uh, that's a bad place to be. Um, especially when the playoffs want, you know, come around, well, th- these guys have high hopes. They're a game under 500 right now. We're not exactly at the beginning. We can't really mm-hmm. make the excuse. Oh, that's just the beginning of the season anymore. We're close to the quarter of the, the way through. Um, you know, these teams are showing us who they are. And even since this addition, you know, adding this fourth amazing player, quote unquote, uh, you know, th- this, this team that really should have been put together in 2017. You know, they, mm-hmm. they, they've been getting better, but, you know, they, they've eked out some wins that they probably should have won easier. Uh, and, and they're still not looking uh, like the world beaters. So, so yeah, it you, you might be right, Matt. It might be James Harden. I mean, honestly, it should be P.J. Tucker. He's the only one with some mm-hmm. fucking balls on this team and some experience and some yep. sort of toughness, mental toughness. Um, but, you know, you know, a, a, a great, a great shoe collection, uh, you know, does, yes. doesn't take you all Big the way. Big dog a hundred percent. Um, undoubtedly, but, but yeah, I mean, this is the Clippers problem. They haven't had a clear big dog basically this whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the results have, uh, have showed for it, I think. Well, uh, Jordan, I mean, you brought him up, Mr. Durant. Uh, I think that's a good segue uh, into our next, uh, who's the big dog, uh, the uh-huh. Phoenix suns, uh, one of the, the, the top teams over there in the Western conference. And, uh, you know, both, uh, Kevin Durant uh, and Devin Booker playing well at the same time. The two, uh, you know, superstar scores uh, seemingly meshing very well together, but there can only be one uh, big dog on this team. And Jordan, who do you think is the big dog between the Suns, uh, or the Suns duo of Kevin Durant and Devin Booker? Because, you know, Devin Booker coming off that, that big game winner in MSG, he's looking uh, fierce. He's looking like one of the best young players in the league, uh, you know, getting better every season. But when you have a generational all-time talent like Kevin Durant on the team, it's pretty yep. tough to tell him that he's the second fiddle. So, uh, I mean, who do you got right now? Hey, I don't care if it's tough. Kevin Durant, you're, you're not the big dog, man. I'm, I'm sorry. I, mm-hmm. I think it's Devin Booker. The Suns, I believe, are uh, whatever, however many wins and one. They have one loss 
when Devin Booker plays this year. Uh, and it was that one crazy game uh, against the uh, the Spurs when Victor had his 38 mm-hmm. uh, and they won, you know, at the end there where the Suns and Devin Booker came back in that one after they were down huge and, and actually made it a game. Devin Booker is just a killer. Like I'm so impressed. Like that uh, game winner that he hit against uh, the, 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 the Knicks at MSG, got to be one of the toughest shots to hit as at, you know roving going against up a, against a double double team fading uh, out of bounds uh, you know right hey, into the next bench you, you know who he has to thank for hitting that shot right Joachim Noah for double teaming him yes, in those yes. uh, those open runs in the offseason a couple years <laughs> exactly. ago that without him that shot doesn't go down no he wouldn't he wouldn't have practiced against double teams so yeah thank no. you uh Joachim uh but no it was just an insane shot I mean it was Kobe-esque uh you know which Devin Booker a lot of mm-hmm. Devin Booker's game Kind of reminds you of Kobe. Um, and the fact that he's averaging, like, yes, Kevin Durant has been absolutely incredible. Uh, 31 and a half points per game. Unbelievable. Yeah. One of the lead, lead league leaders. When he's been out there, he's been uh, dominant. And for, for I'd say, 25 other teams, I think Kevin Durant would be the big dog. Um, but the, the fact that Devin Booker's right at 30 points, literally one point behind him, uh, or two mm. points, I should say, sorry, 29.5. Um Nine assists per game for Devin Booker this year. A- absolutely yeah. unbelievable. And now he's been he's been thrust into this uh, playing point guard role, which, uh, you know, isn't the best idea for him, I don't think. But they literally don't have any other options. Uh, even when they get uh, finally get Bradley Beal, Beal out there on the court, I think it's clear Devin Booker's got to be the quote-unquote point guard. But to be able to put up that many points still and be able to put up those assist numbers – um, and, and, and go out and, and, you know, it's, he's only turning it over three times, uh, per game, which, hey, uh, you he's, know, he's, uh, he's 0.3% from shooting 50, 40, 90 right now. It's, it's insane. And I just think he's having a, he missed that time there for a bit. And, and the Suns were kind of teetering. They, they haven't had the most, you know, the, the hottest start to the season, but as I said, they've been great when he has been out there. And I just think he's been a little bit overlooked and Kevin Durant's obviously the better player, uh, to be clear to everyone, Kevin Durant is better than Devin Booker. But I think Devin Booker is is younger right now. He's got more energy. He has more sort of ownership over the Suns franchise. You know, they drafted him. He's been there his whole career. Uh, he's, he's, he's been to the finals with this team uh, more recently than Kevin Durant, even though obviously Kevin Durant, uh, you know, knows about go- getting to the finals uh, and, and, and playing well there. Um, so, you know, while I think it's close and I think you can kind of split hairs about these things, I think the the sort of killer instinct then and and, and aggressiveness that Devin Booker goes out and, and plays with and energy that he plays with every night. Uh, you know, that, and, and not least of which, you know, looking at that, that game at Madison square garden, where he hit that game winner and won that game without KD. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think it's, it's going to Devin Booker. I think he's uh, by a slight edge. I think he's the big dog. No, I, I think this one might be the closest one that uh, yeah, for, for us to break close. down. And uh, I think that yeah, like the, like the, all these situations, they're all unique. And uh, I think you're right, though. You know, Devin Booker again, like you said, drafted by the by the Suns, has been on this team. Like you know, that last, pretty much the last guy on the the roster that was on that. Uh, pardon me, that uh, 2020. Uh, yeah, is he not know, literally the last appearance. guy? I'm I think sure he, he is. He's still, uh, that's crazy. I, I'm man. trying to. I'm looking at the that's... roster really quickly. I don't think Josh a single Kobe one of these guys. There, right? No, no, he was no. just brought in this season. I think he is the the, yeah. the lone survivor uh, from yeah. from this big washover. So I mean, it's a. Uh, it's crazy to think of too that much overhaul within I know. Uh, you know three years. two seasons three three, three seasons years. I guess yeah, well, yeah. whatever it is. Uh, whatever the fuck maybe even four uh, <laughs> but uh, regardless this is a team that you know 
when you think of the Suns, Devin Booker is one of the first guys you think of, uh, you know, in the yep. present day NBA. And uh, you know, obviously the the play is there. He's going to be an All NBA guard. He's going to be an All Star starter. He's going to have all the accolades. You know, again in MVP talks as well. But when I think of the big dog of this team, I think of Devin Booker. But really. I kind of think this is a situation where it's like the silverback gorilla. He's the young, uh, the young stud. But then you got the older silverback that's still kicking around. And this is not the yep. same as my hound, my old hound analogy. It's a little bit different because <laughs> okay. this silverback's still active. He's still technically the big dog. But the other one's kind of starting to flex his muscles. He letting them think that he is the big dog. <laughs> yes. But Kevin Durant, yep. I think under the surface, because again, Jordan, I'm, I'm gonna put you in a situation. Don't even think. You just have to answer. Game seven, championship on the line. The Suns can either get the ball to Kevin Durant or Devin Booker for an open shot to win the game. I don't know who the hell is picking against uh, Easy Money Sniper on that. And that, to me, tells me that Kevin Durant has to be the big dog still. He's the best defender on this team, arguably, as well. Because on both sides of the court, he just does it quietly. I think it's very similar to the uh, the situation we've talked about with uh, kind of Paul George and the uh, the Clippers. Uh, You know, know, maybe not the most vocal leader. I think that he's fine with letting Booker be that – you know, that kind of uh, locker room presence. But yeah. I think that he knows and everyone else on that court knows that uh, when it comes down to it, if uh, number 35 says, give me the rock, yeah, everybody just needs to get out of the way. No, I I, I can't disagree. And yes, I think, you know, you, you're you not in a better situation. I don't think anyone's in a better situation in the league if it were to come down to to that situation just oh, yeah. need, just needing a shot. I mean... Can't, can't cover both of them. No, and both are amazing options. I would, I would be pretty confident in both but yes you would go to Kevin Durant uh and I mean you said 50 40 90 Kevin Durant is shooting 52 percent from three uh he's 50 50 almost 90 uh the guy is just unbelievable to be doing this at 35 but I will say Matt just to push back a little bit I think it's kind of like you know the it, it to me is kind of like the situation in 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 LA uh in terms of you know the with with the Lakers over these past mm-hmm. few years where it's been Yes, LeBron is clearly the big dog, but if the Lakers want to maximize what they can do, AD kind of has to take over that big dog. It's mantle. over. Fuck A Disney. Take... It's no. over, man. Oh, That's it's... why we're not even talking about these guys. <laughs> They're done. They're washed. No. He's brutal. AD's it... going to retire before LeBron. <laughs> That's probably true. That's probably true. Yeah, I mean, the, b- both of LeBron's sons will be in the league, and and uh, he'll still be playing. Yeah. AD will be dunking on his head. Who knows where? Um, you know, in a, IR. a in a some sort of razor commercial for Unibrows. I don't know, but. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think for for the Suns, with Kevin Durant's advanced age, with the fact that we've seen him kind of, you know, sneakily look a little tired in the last few playoffs that he's been in. Look mm-hmm. look a little bit like, oh, he, you know, he can still put up crazy numbers in the regular season, but once the playoffs come around, you know, he he's not raising his level of play quite to the extent that he was before. And that's understandable for a guy who's so old, um, you know, in in in, in NBA terms. Uh so I think while yes, Kevin Durant. You can certainly make the argument he's he's the big dog. He is the better player. You would go to him at the end of a game. I think it's better for the Suns if if Book kind of takes the reins a little bit, uh, becomes that that big dog, and then Kevin Durant can still be the one to take you home. Uh, you know, in the in the playoffs. But either way, you know, I think we both agree it's a bit of a one A one B situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in terms of their top end talent, uh, it's it's kind of hard to touch those two guys. And you know, unlike Scotty and Pascal. Those are two guys who can fucking go off uh, together at the same time. We saw that in, yep, in yep. last year against the Nuggets. They have no problem playing well together. It's just, uh, you know, with, with the Suns, it's whether their defense can hold up and whether Bradley Beal can can insert himself in there if he can ever yeah, make it on the goddamn court and, and actually play the, well at the same time too. 
that's the other big thing. Like you're going to throw in a guy who's been the big dog for, you know, yeah. the last five, six seasons, and he's going to be thrown in there and you're just going to expecting him to be cool with being the third fiddle. That's going to be a, uh, a, an interesting situation to watch develop down the season. But I mean, if Bradley yeah. Beal knows what's good for him, he'll just uh, shut his mouth and, uh, you know, take the open three. When Wait, he you're gets yapping. Uh, yeah. yeah. Cause uh, we'll, we'll, I, I don't know how that, uh, that's going to work out for him. I don't think he's winning any debates with anybody uh, when it comes to Booker or Katie. Nope. Uh, Stand off the podcast. It's easy to be, One last it's easy to be Kyle Kuzma. It's easy to be bigger, yes. uh, the bigger dog than Kyle Kuzma. This is yes, a bit different, yes. uh, unfortunately. Yes, uh, but if they, and if they do bring the, bring in John Wall, then he gets demoted to the, oh. the, the fourth because John Wall's always his forever big dog, uh, similar to us, Jordan. Uh, but yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, finishing up uh, the last team we want to talk about, maybe one that uh, you know we, we talked about. You know, they've they've kept winning, winning a winning streak up to seven as recording this, eight and two They're in winning. the last ten. The Orlando Magic, because they've got two guys, they've kind of got two guys that are emerging as uh, you know potential stars in the uh, the NBA, and uh, we 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 want to kind of pick our pick our side here, uh, put draw a line in the sand. Almost yep. identical stats here: Paolo Bancaro and Franz Wagner. Uh, you know, slight edge, 0.3 points for Bancaro, uh, one and a half more assists, and uh, one more rebounds for Bancaro. So, I mean, stats-wise, the edge goes to him. He's also the the, the one-year senior when it comes to uh, his NBA experience. Uh, this is a tough one though because they both bring very different uh, play styles to their, uh, the, their their respective team, and uh, you know this is a uh, two guys who have high ceilings and. The- the Magic need just someone to build around. They need to figure this out. They've been so mediocre pretty much ever since Dwight left. Yep. Uh, I, I think maybe Literally. one one or two playoff appearances. Uh, they got that one sneaky win over the uh, – uh, they could thank DJ Augustine for over the, the Raptors game yes, one. Yes, I'll never forget that fucking game. Mm-hmm. Never. Uh, their only playoff win, I believe, uh, in like the past decade or something insane. It, it, yep. it, it's wild. Yeah. So they need to find something. They, something needs to change, and uh, I think that all starts with declaring who's the big dog. So, Jordan, I mean, going forward, who do you think it is, Bancaro or Wagner? Neither, man. Goga Pataze. How, how could you leave mm. him out, man? He's been playing yep. like uh, he's been playing, uh, you know, with his with his hair on fire. Uh, but he's no, a Georgian, okay. I think. Yeah, I think so. Uh, je- no joke, has been playing uh, crazy, uh, crazy good basketball in uh, Wendell Carter Jr.'s absence. Uh, shout out to uh, the Magic. I mean, yeah, we just talked about them. Still an incredible, you know, NBA defense. A lot of jitterbugs mm-hmm. flying around out there. But yeah, in terms of who's the who's the big dog, I, I do think it's close. I think Franz is, um, you know, he was obviously in that draft class with with Scotty and Evan Mobley, and 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 has kind of snuck up, uh, you know, on on people in in that class. You know, when 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 towards the end of his rookie year and, and, and last year as well. I kind of like, is he going to be, is he going to be the best player in that draft class? Like he, he has, mm-hmm. he flashes uh, all high end all-star potential all the time. Now he's gotten off to For a sure. rough shooting start this year, but you can mm-hmm. still see what, what he brings to the table. And, and even, you know, with, with Germany, when he was able to play, he was injured some of the, the FIBA world cup, but when he was able to be out there, uh, just has an incredible feel for the game at such a young age uh, and, and, you know, can, can run an offense a little bit. Um, and, and, you know, do a little bit of everything, like to have two of those guys, uh, and, and even have this question, you know, for some teams, it's a bad thing, but for these two guys to have two guys, you know, 21 and 22, this is a good problem to have, to be honest, oh, like, yeah. to, 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 to view the magic. But I think, you know, the way you read out those stats there, uh, you know, the, the, the pedigree of, of, of Paolo, uh, drafted a, you know, a little bit higher, had, had a yep. little bit more hype surrounding him. Uh, and I, 
numero uno, uh, uno. Uh, you know, I, I should uni. I should practice Spanish. Yeah, uni. Yeah, this um, is embarrassing. Don't tell should, your uh, don't tell your spouse, man. I know, I know. It's it's not good. But uh, I I think Paolo, it, he he's got to be the big dog. I I think, and I think he's already kind of assumed that role a little bit, even though it is close. I think Franz, whether whether he admitted or you know whether he, he you know it's something he 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 wants whatever i think he's kind of accepted that that he is kind of the 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 one b a little bit i i think paulo uh you know he just plays with more force out there and and franz is kind of the mm-hmm. the finesse player the crafty guy who who gets it done kind of like you know reminiscent of like the way Manu Ginobili used to play that, you know, that, that sort of vibe. Whereas Paolo is the guy who's really, you know, he, he's out there. He, you, you know, when he's out there on the court, he will come and he will jam on your head. He'll mix it up for rebounds. He'll do the dirty work. Um, and, and so I, I, I think Paolo, though it is close, uh, is sort of has been the big dog this year. Uh, and, and going forward needs to be that big dog. And, and, but what's good about their whole relationship uh, is that Paolo doesn't need to have all of that scoring load on him. He's got another guy who can go and, and, and make a big shot, kind of take over mm-hmm. a little bit. Cause I don't think Paolo's quite ready for that full responsibility. And he may never really want to be, but as, as a guy who can put up, you know, these his 20 points, as you said, six and a half boards, five assists, uh, you know, uh, g- good stock numbers as well. And shooting it uh, well from three this year, uh, he's, he's up over 40% on three attempts. Um, mm-hmm. uh, that's, that's great. If he can up those attempts, keep that percentage up, uh, that's, that's an amazing development for him. Uh, and, and I think, uh, yeah, just, just the, with the way that he plays and his, his energy and attitude out there, I think he takes that big dog spot, but you've got the little, you know, the little, the, 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 the corporal dog, the, the, the private mm-hmm. dog, uh, Franz Wagner, uh, right, right behind and kind of can, can take over that responsibility some nights. And I think that's why it's uh, worked so well for them. Yeah, and I think honestly, Jordan, what it all might come down to in the end is, uh, you know, this team looks like they are, are, you know, they're they're jockeying for at least a playoff appearance, and oh, yeah. uh, that that might kind of be where things shake themselves out. Is who's going to step yep. up when the, the lights true. shine their brightest? Uh, and you know, it might not be designed. It may just kind of uh, you know come organically. And I think either one of these guys can do it. I, I definitely would lean towards Bancaro as being the big dog. Uh, you know, he has the higher expectations. Uh, I think that the the team probably has looked at him as their their franchise guy a lot more yep. than Franz, but. Uh, I, I think that, you know, the argument's the, there to be made that Franz actually has the more NBA game. Uh, obviously, the outside jumper needs to improve, like you said. Yes, uh, it's been yes. downright bad. Yeah, if he was shooting season. it if he was shooting it better, he'd, he'd probably be mm-hmm. scoring more, have, have much better averages, so it would be a harder conversation. But yeah, un, under 30% from three, not been good. Yeah, and, and I think if he can improve at that area of his game, even just yeah. a little bit, become a yeah. little bit more consistent, make people uh, you know at least want to put a hand up in front of your face, that could really take him over the edge. Because I think he's the better defender out of the two, uh, more versatile as well. But I always, and everybody I think that listens to this podcast knows this, I will always love and back the guy that has that big build, can go from one end of the coast to the other end of the coast, yeah. go from rim to rim and just bury it on guys' heads. Like, Bancaro is a physical beast. Like, no yep. one can really compare to him. Uh, you know, very few guys in the NBA uh, yeah. have that kind of a, you know, 6'10 with speed and bounce. Like, he is a beast. And I think that, you yep. know, with, with this jump shot coming together the way it has, you know, still not a volume shooter, uh, you know, yep. to, nope. to that extent. But, uh, you know, he's he's improved there. And I think that, you know, the the, the way he's developed has been promising for the Magic. So uh, I think that, you know, you, you keep – 
you keep going with Bancaro, you keep looking at him as that uh, that big dog. But I think that, you know, Wagner is, if, if it, for some reason, Bancaro just doesn't end up getting better than where he's at now. Uh, yeah. I mean, Wagner is a, a great, you know, backup big dog to have in there. You know, uh, he, he's ready to rear and to go whenever you need him. Uh, and, and I think that at the end of the day, having both of these guys in that, con- you know, contention, this is a perfect situation for the Magic. Like, they have to be ecstatic, like, it's not like we yeah. said with the Raptors where, you know, you kind of have to pick one or the other. You can have yeah. both. You can yeah. have both and excel and let them kind of make each other better because I think that's yeah. kind of what's happened. Like the two of them have picked up little bits and pieces of each other's games as they've been, you know, going at each other in practice, playing alongside each other, uh, you know, yeah. even in a brief tenure. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, the Magic have a, a really great duo that they can build upon for uh, the, you know, the next couple of seasons. And uh, I think Bancaro will kind of come out as that uh, that alpha on the squad. But – Hey man, I don't know this uh, this Franz Wagner. I I do like him, and who knows? Maybe he'll end up being uh you know uh, Jalen Suggs. Maybe he'll figure something out. I was gonna or say Anthony he might or someone sneak crazy. in there. Jalen Suggs got uh, fucking big dog energy. That's for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. If he can keep shooting it, uh you know at thirty six percent from three or more, uh, and and which will keep him on the floor. He's one of the most dogged defenders uh, I've mm-hmm. seen in quite some time at at the guard spot. Um, and like, and like we said. You don't have to be the the best player necessarily on the court to be the big dog on the nope. team, and nope. uh, you know I I wasn't even I wasn't kidding. Like Jalen Suggs legitimately might be able oh, to you know, play his way into that. And uh, again, known leader, uh, you know, even yep. in college, uh, you know, being a big dog on his teams there that uh, you yep. know those Gonzaga teams that went far in the national tournament, like uh, that, that that's a real thing that could happen. And uh, he's been itching to kind of get on the court and live up to some of these expectations. So. Uh, I'm I'm getting bigger on the magic every single day, Jordan. Uh, you know, maybe they'll end up uh, losing ten in a row after this. Who knows? But uh, uh, yeah, uh, it looks like Van Caro is <laughs> taking the the vote right now for the big dog. But uh, you know, they they they're 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 in good hands as just, of right now. We just pissed off Joe Ingles so much, man. He thinks he's the big dog there. I, we're gonna he- be hearing from him. I he's think, the uh, fun uncle. He's the fun yeah, he uncle is, dog. He's the uh, drunk, that's kind of fun uncle. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you guys want to have a fucking couple of beers? <laughs> Guys Couple for the road, Disney world? yeah. Oh, yeah, he'd be great. He probably gets all the, gets them to babysit his kids or something, probably too. Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. You know, his wife plays uh, netball. We should play netball one time. Oh, I, think I be good fucking content. hate netball, man. I, I think mean, it I like looks watching pretty stupid. It. I would, I would like to play. I think I'd dominate, I dominate, like, but I, I don't know. It's, yeah, oh, it's yeah. weird. Give me a backboard for God's sake. Uh, I just, I can't look at uh, a net without a backboard. That's where the real shooters come out, man. Uh, I guess so. I don't true. think I don't think you're allowed to contest the shots. It's weird. <laughs> no, it's uh, weird. I don't your care. arms can't your arms can't go forward. They have to be straight up. It's really dumb. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But let us know at Big Dog Wall. No offense. What you think about no net? offense, but, uh, Australia. Uh, yeah. Yeah. If you like, Australia's if you like got net- weird games, man. They've got mm-hmm. like a, their own version of kangaroo Soccer. toss. It's very weird. Yeah, kangaroo toss. Uh, but uh, shout out Australia. I've been. I've been mm-hmm. very lovely. Very lovely place. Nice. Yeah, interesting, man. Well, uh, I was like ten. I don't really remember. Okay, we never mind. Actually, we shit. can go down it there. Sucks. Yeah, it's I'll a good go. basketball cool. country. Do a live show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll get there. Uh, so yeah, any Australians out there? Uh, Aussie, Aussie, uh, let us know. I picked up ball talk wait. and uh, tell us if you uh, want to play some netball with us if we're uh, down under at any point. Uh, but yep. also follow us. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook for you old heads. Uh, we're out there. We want to hear from you guys. We want to you know get you guys as much uh, content as we can. So get us at yep. Big Dog Ball Talk. We'll be back on Friday. Until then, this has been Big Dog Ball Talk. Matt Acorn, Jordan Flegel, and as my good friend Jordan always says. Jeff Teague is a podcasting legend. I'm trying to mm-hmm. model myself after Jeff Teague. You see his story about pushing yeah. LeBron? 
He's kind of, yeah, I did. He's kind of stealing our flow, man. I mean, I mean, like, I, obviously we can't compete. This fucking guy was in the NBA. He played in big uh, games. Yeah, talks yeah. like a talk, talks like he was a fucking bench warmer, and this guy was a fucking all star for uh, I think two time all star, uh, at least one. Yeah, uh, I mean those, those Hawks one. teams were good. Yeah, no, I know, but that was that was so funny. Uh, you know, he, he being that candid about just wanting to push LeBron. Uh, that that's amazing. I, I wish more players would come out and say that. I know you all. I know you all hate him too. I know it's not just me. I know you're the king haters out there, too scared to speak. But hopefully. Uh, Jeff Teague, uh, you know, gave you some confidence. Please, please come forward. If anyone sees LeBron in public, give him a shove. Push, push that bitch.